Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for the Cleaning and Cocktails podcast. This is where I get the opportunity to speak with fellow cleaning business owners, small, medium, and large. We take the time to let them share their stories on the ups and downs in the industry. I also speak with other experts and professionals in the industry, from your manufacturers, your suppliers, trainers, as well as other types of entrepreneurs. My mission is to empower our cleaning industry to inspire and motivate each and every one of you. I want you guys to reach new heights of success and learn from one another. My goal is to have you walk away with some tips, secrets, advice, and opinions that are relevant to all of us in our day-to-day hustle and grind while we're out there in the field working every single day. So sit back and share a cocktail with us and enjoy the show. All right, hey, everybody, welcome again to another episode of Cleaning and Cocktails. As you see, I got the new digs in the back, made some changes in the room that you can't see yet, but you know, you can kind of probably see the blackness going on around here in the back. It just makes everything feel a lot more cooler, uh, and just, we're getting better and better with these episodes. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of bringing on, and I'll let you say the last name, Diana. I don't want to butcher your last name, but I have <laughs> Diana here from Clean App. She's out of Phoenix, Arizona, uh, but... Just quickly on the show, you guys know what it's about. It's about bringing together the cleaning community, bringing together people that have empowered our space, uh, that are doing so much positive and good things, whether you're a cleaning business owner, whether you're you're in technology, whether you're a supplier, manufacturer. My goal is to empower our space by bringing all these minds together, sharing knowledge, and really shedding a positive light in the cleaning industry. So without further ado, I got Diana here from Phoenix, Arizona. Ask just a, you guys the story. I've I've gotten to know Diana quite a bit now. The story that this woman has is amazing. That's why I couldn't wait to share it. Um, so Diana, I don't even want to go into who you are. I want to let you do that. Talk about where you came from. Give a quick five minutes intro on yourself because we got a lot to get into. Awesome. Well, my name is Diana Muturiga. I'm originally. See, from- I would have butchered that. I would have butchered that last name. I was going in a totally different direction. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. You're fine. My last name is a mouthful, so I'm very forgiving. <laughs> um, but hey, yeah, um, my name is Diana Muturia. I'm originally from Kenya. Um, came here to the United States when I was 18 years old. Came to study math and mechanical engineering. And uh, my last year of college, I dropped out. And I didn't want to drop out. I'm not a Mark Zuckerberg story. I'm actually the opposite. I wanted to finish college, but uh, finances were not great. And um, my last math uh, math advisor told me that I don't look like an engineer. I don't seem to look like an engineer. So I lost my scholarships and I dropped out of college. And uh, at that time, actually, I was cleaning people's houses to afford my math books and my first winter clothes and I ended up doing it full-time because I was not in school anymore and um, even though it was a dark time for me I ended up meeting a community of cleaners who were still going through the you know the challenges that us cleaners go through and I was like I gotta figure out something and I can't waste my smarts just because I don't have a paper to show that so I got into, I went from mechanical background to a technical background and I built clean app. Um, I first did not know anything about coding and uh, did a lot of mistakes with trying to find contractors. 
And I just finally said, you know what, I'm going to just sit down, learn how to code, made something very clunky, but it worked. And it helped me understand the right developers to have in my team. And now we have an in-house develop development team and we finished the application. So pretty happy about that. And the app is called Clean App. Oh, man. So what you guys don't know is today's episode is cleaning and cocktails and coffee because Diana has a coffee with her. And remember, we don't discriminate against coffee drinkers. So it's still, <laughs> it's still, it still rhymes with the C. So cheers to you, Diana. Cheers. I mean, you guys, like, that was a mouthful what she just said. We're going to dig deeper into that, peel back the onion and all that stuff that she just touched on. But first and foremost, Diana, like, you know, you're, you come from Kenya, you know, so you, you can be, you know, I don't like labels or anything, right? But you're, you're like that immigrant story that's coming from here from another yes. country, you mm -hmm. know, because you're doing what? You're following your American dream to come here to freedom, great yeah. education, right? How? I mean, how how did your family take that? Because I got to believe you got a lot of family back home in yeah. Kenya. Like, what did they say to you as far as you were? I mean, you were young, right? You are young. So coming yeah. here by, did you come by yourself or did you have somebody in Phoenix? Or was this literally? I came here by myself. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, me in a backpack. <laughs> you in a backpack. So, I mean, that's, again, I, it's scary. Right. I mean, did you know you don't know what you're coming into now? The school that you selected in Phoenix, you knew that the, this was a school you selected or was it a school that you had a qualified to get into? Or how did the school selection go for you? So in high school, um, we did very well in basketball. We were second, third best team in the country most of the time. And um, we were selected to come to the U.S. to to go to the 76ers camp. And um, we were hoping to get scholarships and all that, and it didn't work out. Um, so we went back home, and I was like, I'm going to try this again since I have a visa. Let me try this again. And uh, I ended up getting a, a school in Texas. Um, so that's where I actually went to school. I went to school in Texas. Mm. Um, and then after school, that's when I moved to Phoenix. Oh, so this, see, I mean, this is why I like to dig deep. Do you know that I am an avid basketball fan? I played what? in college. I played in college. I what? like to say, I like to say my, my fame is that I am on the wall of fame at my high school. I'm a three point champion. Um, and that, yeah, that's my glory is I am on the wall of fame for basketball, even though my friends will give me shit because they're like, Rick, <laughs> you got lucky. You, you started you started hitting threes at the right time of the year. Uh, but no, yeah, I love basketball. Yeah, my brothers I'll play. I mean, that, so I get, that's a whole other topic, right, is how sports open up the, the doors for us in other different ways. Mm -hmm. Now, talk, how, how was that journey to come over here as far because you're, you know, you're a woman, you're a woman mm -hmm. of color. Mm -hmm. This is not your country. This is a foreign country. Mm -hmm. How did you adapt to, you know, not only school, but the fact that you had to clean to, to pay for books, like did cleaning come natural for you? Was that a job you knew that, hey, I could do this while I'm going to school? I didn't, I did not have a clue uh, that I would be cleaning houses to cover my books. Like, you know, when you're, you're back home in, when I'm back home in Kenya, the amount of money that we saved, we thought it would last me like, you know, a good year of just like food and those small stuff and when I got here, I realized that $200 doesn't, <laughs> that's one book. Yeah. Um, 
And so it was a it was a really huge shock. Um, even telling my mom like, hey, one book is two hundred dollars, and she was like, what? Yeah, yeah. And um, just to give you a perspective, um, I sent my mom a while back Christmas gift, um, six hundred dollars, and she was fine for four, five to six months. So wow. you can just for one the, person the com- that, that the comparison. Takes you a while. So yeah. you sending her five six hundred, you coming here with a certain amount, way different, way two different. totally different, way different. Um, now is so your is your mom and everybody still there? Is is any of the family yes. here? Yeah, my entire family is still back home. Um, I take care of them. I'm able to do that now. I'm very very proud of that. Um, yeah. But before it was it was quite daunting. Um, there were it was high anxiety for me, high anxiety for them because they can't reach me. They can't just jump on a plane and just say, you know, come and just hug me like, hey, it's okay. We can't do any of that. Um, and then at that time too, Skype was not great. There was no FaceTiming or anything of that sort. So it was like I had to go to like a small shop in the wall to get some, you know, credit points to call home. Mm-hmm. Um, so very disconnected and uh it was yeah it was quite heavy with anxiety at that time <laughs> oh my god and then yeah. and, and then you decide to start a tech company what <laughs> talk about anxiety so so let, let's talk about i want to get into clean app too but what so you travel across the world to start not just a new you know new school but really a new life like ha and then you're cleaning and then you build an app like and then for me, you know, I talk about family a lot, like you're away from your family. So like walk us through that journey of how you said, this is what I'm going to do. Because again, it's, I want people to hear this. Like when you said you were going to come up with clean app, what were the next steps? Like what, what, what did that look like? I mean, the pain points that you felt, let's dig deeper on the pain points because this industry is, is ripe for not, I don't, I don't like to say the word disruption. I like to say improvement, right? Because it's it's not that we need need to disrupt everything that's going on. This industry is doing a lot of great things, mm-hmm. but it's you want you wanted to improve something. Like mm-hmm. dig deeper on how did how did you? I mean, I, how did how did Clean App come about? Like the, the, you know the the story behind the story. Yeah, so uh, I was cleaning houses in Texas, and then my closest friend at the time, who's now my spouse. Um, said, you know what, let's figure it out. He was just as broke as I was. So we put like $42 together for a flight to Phoenix. Um, And I was sleeping on his couch. Um, And it was quite dark. I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to make money here. And the only thing, like I was so broke that my phone was not even working. Like I couldn't afford a, a pay plan. So I said, I'm going to just take a piece of paper. I found a book in the house, a pen, and I just wrote my name. I said, if you need cleaning, please call me Diana. And I put his number in there. And uh, at that time he was working at a U-Haul and I would just place it on every doormat and just try to make sure that it's not blown with the wind around the same community that I was living in. Um, And one lady called me very old lady. Her name is Pat. Um, and you still remember her name. <laughs> yeah, I still remember her name. Uh, she had a little poodle, and she called. And uh, <clears throat> Josh, my spouse, was like, hey, 
I got a call from this lady. She said that you wanted to clean her house. Like, okay, bet. So I went to her house. She sat me down for an interview. The interview was like the longest 15 minutes of my life. And then she was like, <laughs> okay, you got the job. So I cleaned her house and she was super happy. Then she referred me to another neighbor to take care of their dog. And then another neighbor, another neighbor. Naturally, up to now, when I'm testing the application, I still go back to that community. And I test the app with the, the clients from that community. And they're new clients now, so it's not the same people. But my name just kept being referred. And I was like, referral is such a strong thing. But the... The apps right now, like um, Home Advisor and TaskRabbit, they don't really know how to utilize that. Um, and I was like, how about we make an app that just like removes all that hustle that a cleaner has to do just to get a job? Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, okay, we can do this. So I created a prototype um, and I started talking to people. They saw it was a great idea. And um, ironically, Home Advisor picked up on that, but they didn't pick it up well enough. And that's the, the thing about um, secondhand stuff or like, uh, what, there's a, a term we use in, uh, in Swahili, but I don't know in, in English, when you copy someone's work, it, your, your work is still a copy. It's mm -hmm. not great enough to be like the original. The so, original. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I don't when people say like, Rick, why do you share so much about route or just anything you do? It's like it's up here. You yeah. know, like you yeah. as the founder, you as the creator of the the solutions that you're creating. Uh -huh. Nobody's going to do it. They, they can make similar things. Mm -hmm. But there's that magic and that secret sauce that only, you know, because exactly. you're the creator. Yeah. Exactly, because you have the long-term game. You're looking at the long-term game. So one step is just that one step. There are so many other steps that you're creating this kind of like foundation for the bigger project, the the big the big disruption. And um, when someone's copying you, they're only looking at that one step and thinking oh, that's yeah. the disruption, but it's really not. And there's so many intricate pieces there of connection of data or connection of idea ideation right. that mm -hmm. you miss one, that experience is no longer the same. Like exactly. they've, they've missed something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so that's how I started. I got into the app, uh, you know, industry. Um, and it was really just a, a very desperate time. Um, but the part that just made me like get up and want to really pursue it is there's a time that I was doing, I was cleaning, I was bringing money in, but it was so little and um, it was not enough to take care of both me and Josh. And so I would stay hungry all day and just drink water and sometimes try to sleep out the hunger so that we can eat dinner together at the end of the day. Um, and this day I was just so stressed out. I couldn't sleep, I was really hungry. And we had a roommate and her and his and my roommate brought his girlfriend over. She made some really good bread and she wasn't happy about it. So she threw it in the in the trash can. I literally went in the trash can. After they went out, they went upstairs, grabbed the trash can, opened it, and I just started I went into the room and I just started eating that that bread. And I was like shaking because first I was so scared that I would get caught because 
how embarrassing is that that you're going to someone's trash can to get food and also just the adrenaline of like how good the bread smelled and I just sat down for a second and I was like this is this is not what I want to be this is not what I'm I'm planning to be I have an entire family back home depending on me to make this happen they all saved this money for me to get here and I'm eating someone out of someone else's trash can and something just like something just snapped I got so upset that I just was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this I'm never gonna get myself in this situation again um and from then on I've not looked back I've not even just like anytime something doesn't work out with clean it's not like oh well maybe I should just get you know a job and just forget about this it's taking too long it's not working out I I've never had that thought in my mind um so I, I, I talk about getting frustrated around me yeah yeah so I mean that's that's a perfect example of a pivotal moment right like that like I you know I got I got I got goosebumps here because I I'm with you on that. Like, I know there's there's a lot of weight on your shoulders. I can hear in your voice, of, you know, how much you 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 know you're going to make this work. You know this is the industry that you're in to create mm-hmm. solutions, to create a legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, and what others don't know, too, what I know about you already, too, is you didn't just, like, we're talking about building an app, right? I always mm-hmm. talk, I talk about this myself. I'm, I'm me and you are fellow co, right? fellow founders. But you guys, anybody that's listening, like Diana's, also, she also got sick of other people not meeting her expectations where this girl went and taught herself how to code and is literally <laughs> building the app. So don't sell yourself short on, there's one thing for us as visionaries to come up with ideas and team up with others to build it f- with us, you know, for us, with us. Yes. But D- Diana is building the damn product herself with the team with the team you know but touch on that like you guys just heard the story that she just said right everybody should have goosebumps in there because we've all reached that moment where you know things get you do get embarrassed you do reach a point where like i did i pay all this money for school to be doing what i'm doing that's what i did my first two years cleaning with my wife literally garbage shit out of the toilet mm-hmm. being yelled at by you know business owners that they had no respect for us as as you know, to them, we were cleaning people. They didn't know that we were business owners, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like, we, we, we have thick skin, you have thick skin, mm-hmm. but you went and tried to, uh, you're, you're doing the code yourself. Like I can't even fathom. I I've, I've attempted to learn and understand lines of code. What made you do that? Like what, please tell me that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> don't, but I don't want my, my, I don't want my team to get ideas and tell me to go start coding too. So <laughs> Nobody, hopefully my, the route team is not listening, but tell us how the hell that happened. Because again, not only did you say I'm going to build something and then you went out and started doing it, but you're doing it yourself. So, uh, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, there are, there are scammers out here who call themselves developers. Um, so I did not know that because at that time I wasn't technical in, in the, you know, programming side. And um, this guy was like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We have a team, you know, looked at his website, has like 30 people on there. Like everything looked very legit. 
And I was like, okay, I think this time it's going to work. I think this contractor this time is going to work. And that was uh, 20, 20, end of 2019. So he said, in three months, we're going to have an app. Um, I was like, okay, bet. So I was like, okay, 2020. Like, I, I have a very uh, heavy intuition. So I knew there was something that was going to disrupt 2020. And it was not good. I knew that there's no way that we can have a five to seven year run of a great economy and nothing happening. There's always a reset. And this is a great time because I know for a fact that this application would come in um, very useful. So we started marketing um, even before the application was done. And then the thir third end of the third uh, month, nothing. Um, already gave him my deposit, got a loan, like seven grand. Of course, like seven grand at that time was like a lot of money. Um, it still lives. What do you mean? A lot of people. Like, yeah. What do you mean? Um, I, I got a landscaping quote for seven thousand dollars. I almost fell out of the car. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on that. No, no, no. Um, I didn't. I don't want to pay for it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway. He dragged us for months and months, month four, month five, month six, nothing. Um, and then it started being arguments. And then in September, that's when I realized, wow, I think we just got scammed. I think we're not gonna get a nap. Um, and then, you know, went through this, like it became a can of worms of like a legal can of worms. And uh, my CTO, who's technical, Josh Barr said, I have a feeling that we're not going to have an app. And my heart just dropped because I was like, this is the fourth time. <laughs> Hold <laughs> on. So you've had, so, so three times before this, you had yes. been, since oh, wow. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, since 2016. Um, and even talking to investors, they're like, wait, so you haven't had an app for four years? And I'm like, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, um, so what makes you think you know, someone's going to invest in you. You've taken yeah. so long. Um, and I was just like, okay, now I have to figure something out because I'm completely broke. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and I still have to make this happen because I have to take care of my family. So I was like, I'm just going to sit down and start learning. So I started picking, picking his brain. Okay, so what do you think? What's the best program to start with? JavaScript. Okay. Got into a JavaScript kind of class. It was like a, um, it, you know, it's your own timing. Like you, you learn whenever you want to. Got into that class, started understanding the basics. Um, and then I was like, okay, so I understand the basics, not all the way, but I can build something. Built like my first calculator. Um, and then I was like, okay, I don't have time to just keep playing around with JavaScript. Let's get, let's get into the meat. Um, and then he was like, okay, then start with C sharp because C sharp is the, is the language for most mobile apps. Mm -hmm. Um, got into C sharp, then built part of the application. And the part that I built was just the rating system. So it's like making calls like, Hey, you, you need a cleaner? Okay, calling a cleaner. Okay, so this person needs you at this time. Okay, they, here's their number. Okay, okay. And then telling them, can you just rate them through this app? It was literally just a rating, like five stars, 
feedback. Um, but these are small. Do, these are small wins for you, right? Like you're but, you're you're executing yeah. yes. on on the development to actually make it work. Exactly, exactly. And then we just added the the, the messaging part, and it worked. Um, so I could message my CTO from across the desk, and it was working. I was like, okay, this is a win. And so I started realizing through that process what the red flags that I did not see from having a contractor developer. And I'm not saying that all contract developers no, are, yeah. they're absolutely, they're absolutely phenomenal contractors out there. Um, but for my price range, I was not lucky at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is working. Now I understand what type of developers we need, like from the, you know, the experience to the languages, to front end, back end, all that stuff that I had to learn through, I started to understand. So when I was hiring developers, it was a breeze. It was like, okay, so what do you know? How long have you done it? And then, um, okay, when can you start? And I was able to put also a folder of information that they can start learning from because some mm-hmm. of them were like, okay, we, I know this. And I'm like, okay, you know this. You need to learn this, and you have mm-hmm. one or two weeks to learn this and start experimenting with it. Um, and that's how I started, you know, getting developers. And those developers are like, oh, okay, so I've learned this, Diana, and you did this in this app. I think I can improve it this way. Okay. Ah, okay, makes there sense. There you go. Yeah. And then slowly by slowly, we've completed the application. Wow. But hey, well, kudos to you. And like, <laughs> seriously. Talk about a recipe for for just a dangerous founder, right? Like a dangerous <laughs> owner of a tech startup because you okay, you could call yourself a non technical founder, but now you've become a technical, a technical founder, founder, right? So now you went from one spectrum to the other. Yes, obviously, when you said investors said that, that was just like irking to me because <laughs> me and you, we've talked about how hard it is already to fundraise as you know as people of color but mm-hmm. like and not being te- technical and not having the pedigree well guess mm-hmm. what you're getting that you're getting the pedigree of at least the nitty-gritty understanding of learning that side of the business mm-hmm. so like to me I, that's where i'd put my money right not only do you know cleaning but now you know the pain points of cleaning and you're solving those pain points. Oh, and by the way, sprinkle on top that you also know how to build that development or know the code. Dude, that's, man, (laughs) that's, again, this is, we could geek out on this stuff, but like, all right, so now let's go. So you've taken that on. So you, you mentioned, is Josh your husband? Yes. And then he's your CTO. No, uh, no. there are two Joshes. I, I, gotcha. I tend to so attract got, Joshes in my life. So you got two Joshes in your life. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay, no. So the other Josh is your CTO. He, Phoenix, so do you have a team here in Phoenix and you have a team in, I think you said Kenya, right? Yes. So okay. the developers are from Kenya, but they are managed by U.S.-based technical people. Just to make okay. sure that they're following the how the culture is going. You know, there are small things that you don't realize until when you're using an app. You're like, this was not built here. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 for sure. So, I've seen yeah. that. Like, the culture is actually one of the things. My, you know, Joe on my team, he's like, Rick, we have to we have to think about that, right? Like, mm-hmm. that that actually 
dictates a lot how things are designed the ux mm -hmm. the ui especially because you know if you're building in the states it's different than building in europe different than building exactly. in south america exactly yeah. not saying that anything is better than the other it's just that's who it's suited for and that's how right. somebody learns you know so right. yeah i mean i got everybody who's listening and watching i'm sorry we're getting real technical here this is just the first one of the first times i've actually been able to to share the technical part of you know technology and cleaning um mm -hmm. but all right so let's let's talk about clean app itself and the success you're seeing and why if you're a residential cleaner right now listening and watching the episode Diana, what what should people expect from clean app why should people check it out what's what's happening now with your traction and then what's hap what do you see in the in the future of 2021 into next year that anybody who's in residential because i think it's it focuses on residential residential right? yeah okay what what could you share that the residential cleaning industry should be on the lookout for first um i would say that clean app is really for cleaners it's not it's you know there's a tendency in the cleaning industry to put the client first instead of having the cleaner first amen amen <laughs> to that um, it, it doesn't make sense. It's like a company putting their customers first instead of the employees first. If the employees are not happy, they're not well taken care of, they're not well equipped, they're not well educated, they're not going to do a good job. So why would you switch roles? It doesn't make sense that this industry keeps doing that. So this application is really for cleaners, the overpriced leads the overpriced dead leads that, you know, are, are, you know, a lot of people get, that's not there. Um, you just forget about that system completely. We completely eradicated that system. And that's where most of the disruption is. Um, and second thing you're going to expect is a lot of growth and a lot of progress. Um, you're going to see changes that will work for you. And we listen to cleaners. We listen to cleaners all the time. We're going to ask questions. Most of the feedback, we're really just looking at from the cleaners um, because we know if cleaners are taken, taken care of and they grow and they are successful in this industry, then we get successful. We become successful. Yeah. But if um, we take the route like other um, applications, residential application, cleaning applications take of like squashing the cleaner to like having nothing and mm -hmm. doing a lot then we're not really helping our community. No, we're not. You know, like you have to you have to truly help them not just win business, but win profitable business, right? Mm -hmm. Cuz mm -hmm. the way that they can build a business is them as like think about residential, I know from my experiences, you're busy doing a lot of the cleaning yourself first till you get enough work right. that you could hire somebody. And then you right. get enough work that you hire somebody else and then right. it just it goes mm -hmm. on and on. But at first it's you, right? So right. like it's it's in the it's in your best interest it's in my best interest it's in anybody who's building solutions for the cleaning industry and residential is one of your you know targets set them up for success so then mm -hmm. now their next problem is workforce management well guess what there's mm -hmm. solutions out there right mm -hmm. next next issue is how do i bill how do i get paid faster again mm -hmm. we'll get you there but nothing happens without sales you cannot exactly. grow Unless, unless you have a busy book of business or a calendar that's jam-packed. So yes. I got to believe that's your number one goal with CleanApp too, is to book people's schedule. 
right? With exactly. good business, not yes. just regular business. Right, right. And the, the, the secret sauce that we think is um, driving business is our stories. Like, just look at the, the, the success of Route. It's because of you, your story, what you're doing, um, what the success of Clean. Like, we already have a, a collective mail list of 4,000 4, to 6,000 people just because of the story. They're like, you understand what I'm going through. You're not just another tech person from Silicon Valley who's like, what if we do this? And they really don't care about and they didn't me. do it. And they never yeah, did it themselves. They, yeah. they didn't do yeah. it. They just think it's cool. They put something together. They got the funds for it, and now they're national. But it's not really working. Nah. Like, no. I could talk. I could talk about another solution that I don't talk bad about people, but it's like they were that example of not knowing the industry first. They launched, mm -hmm. got so big, mm -hmm. and people were like, the people that were showing up at our doorstep weren't even vetted. You know, they weren't even the people that should have showed up. Right. So again, shows you they didn't know the pain point. They didn't really know the subject matter, mm -hmm. which in our case, you know, we do, you know. Yeah. So, so Diana, the one question I wanted to touch on, because mm -hmm. I, I like that, you know, both spectrums. Uh, what What is, in your opinion, the difference between a small business and a tech startup business? As far as think of the cleaning business owner building a cleaning business and then building you building a tech startup at the same time. Have you seen differences? Is there anything that you could say that sticks out to you? Like, damn, I didn't, this is very different than when I was just doing the cleaning myself and running my own book of business. I would say um, a lot of efficiency, a lot of efficiency. And I, would, I don't wanna say that a tech startup has efficiency because we've already seen this in the market where there's there's tech in it, but it's not efficient. Like you can you can put tech in something, but is it working for the people that you're supposed to do so? So I would say a small business can be efficient without tech. Um, and a tech business does not mean that it's always efficient. So someone has to be smart enough to actually test things out themselves or be in the industry themselves to understand that, okay, what we're doing is not working. If you have a small business and it's working for you, you're okay with it, you have a you know a book, like a physical book, and you're writing things down and that works, that's fine. But yeah, if you feel like it's, it's not point. working for you, you have to start looking outside of the box. And same thing for tech founders who are out there. If something is sounding cool, but you don't understand how it's helping the people around you, how it's helping you, how it's helping your employees, get rid of it. There's yeah. so much tech out there that if you decide not to use one piece of tech and everyone's using it, does that just, just because it's working for everyone else does not mean that it's the best solution out there. Yeah. Always ask yourself questions. No, you know what? I And that's a good point you bring up too, because I, I did, I do have people that, you know, they're like, Rick, you, you, you know, you drive home technology so much, but they're like, what if I'm content, you know, or like, what if tech doesn't solve everything? You know, it's, yeah. there is there's a yeah. lot of human involvement that has to be the solution first. Then yes. tech almost is like an enabler. It enables exactly. what I feel is my, my, like the one word I always ask people is, do you want to scale? If you want to scale, 
Yeah. Then you kind of you kind of need technology. You if you're like office. you said, a book, like I've got people still within my organization at Rosalado, they've got a they've got a binder and they've got 15 mm-hmm. of them and it works for them. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to break it. It's working. That's mm-hmm. where it's like, man, tech. You don't need tech for everything, but it, it sure does enable you to scale. I guess. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. I wanted also to say, um, and that's the, that's the reason why I'm in tech is first to help first the the black, the Hispanic, and the immigrant community because they're being left behind. And what I mean by this is that people have found ways to simplify processes that would take so much time away from them. And our people are still not being educated fast enough to be able to take advantage of the systems that have already been placed. Um, so yeah, you know, if you're content with that, that's okay. If it's, it's working for you, that's okay. However, some, when you get to a point, it stops working. You have to start finding ways that would be better because things change, people change, industries change. And you have to have that growth mentality of saying, you know what, I love what's going on, but two, three years from now, five years from now, would I be okay with doing this? Would something change and make me want to change things? And will I do it in a hurry and, you know, with anxiety trying to figure it out? Or should I start learning now? Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's a great point. Great point. Uh, adoption too. It's some people aren't ready for adoption, and it's and I, hey, we could go on and on with that. But another thing I wanted to ask you, um, as far as again, in this space, I see women coming up big time, right? I I speak to more and more women business owners that mm-hmm. when I talk to them, I'm like, damn. This girl is hungry. This girl is ready. And she's actually, she's got her shit together. Not that the guys don't, but it's like, you guys feel like you have a chip on the shoulder and it's, it's almost like a, a driver, right? Like it's a driver. And then, and then not even, and this is just in the service industry in tech, it's even more so. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, but to touch back on cleaning though, like in, you've been a cleaner. You, you yeah. know, I, I, I'm a cleaner. I'm, I'm going to go strip and wax some floors tomorrow just because hey. I have to, right? Yeah. We're, we're shit hit the fan. My whole team's out of state. Me and my, me and my cousin got to help tomorrow. But yeah. uh, what is one word you would describe cleaners? The everyday cleaner, whether it's residential or commercial, like mm-hmm. what is one word you feel describes a cleaner in their day-to-day job as a cleaning technician, cleaning specialist, whatever you want to call cleaner in in the cleaning industry i would a hundred percent say hero i would a hundred percent say a hero and this is why when us cleaners we clean offices houses facilities we are enabling every other person to do their job without distractions a lot of people like I'm drinking coffee right now. If I had a stain on my coffee desk at work, let's say I'm working a corporate corporate job, and I look at that coffee stain for three days, I will lose my mind. But the next day, you come to, to the office, your desk is clean, the trash can with the banana peels and whatever is gone, 
you have a clean trash can, you don't even think about it. You just like, all right, bet, let's start the day. So I would say they're they're like they're like Batman. You know, yeah, Batman no. only saves the day saves the day at night in the shadows. You never see him, but he always gets things done. And he makes sure that society is moving towards their goals, their dreams, their ambitions without any disruption, without any distractions. I think that's the right word, without any distractions. Oh so, man. 100% that, hero. I don't even know how to follow that up cuz that is you nailed it. I mean, that un, unsung hero too, right? Like unsung hero yes. where nobody, yes. nobody recognize or attributes anything to when they mm -hmm. see this every day, like every day, like in our own office. I know when we didn't have a cleaning the night before, because yeah. you see fingerprints, you see things yeah. that you're like, oh God, like you said, it's actually, I've never heard that before too, where it distracts you. Yeah. You know, you, like makes you come out of your desk and go complain, right? And say, hey, yes. what happened? You know, what happened yeah. last night? Why, why is yeah. my desk not clean? Right. You're, you're distracted for the day. You started off your day at work flustered. But yeah. what about the days that they've done it for 365 days in a row that right. you haven't said thank you? You know, you haven't right. said, you know, like, so it's appreciation for, and especially with COVID now, man, like talk about, this, if this isn't the turning point for the cleaning industry, which I, I think it is, and I've seen some, you know, a lot of, mm -hmm. it, you know, it sure is a lot of, I, again, I could go on and on talking to you about someone, someone, so much more. I mean, what, but I always love to end with a funny story. Uh, give me, give us something that you feel was like, damn, did I just do that? Or did that just happen to you while you were out there in, in the field cleaning? Oh man, um, let's see here. I would say, uh, oh, I did the most dumbest thing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, this is a really good client of mine. I'm gonna really, really, really clean this place up. Um, and they were just looking for like a spring, like not spring cleaning, but just light cleaning. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do a deep cleaning. And, um, my, my dumb self didn't even think about it. I was trying to clean the bulbs and the bulbs were still hot. So I ended up busting. The bulbs just went off like poof. And I was just oh. like, oh, no. What like was I thinking? Like a regular bulb or these yeah, are specialty type bulbs? <laughs> yeah, the bulbs are the, in the bathroom. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? I didn't even think about it that way. So I'm flustered a little bit texting like hey i'm gonna replace your bulbs i'm so sorry and the client was like no it's fine it's completely fine don't worry about it um but i was just like my dumbass. i was not even thinking about it the bulb was yeah. hot and i was using a wet microfiber like oh yeah oh, that happens so that happens to the best of us <laughs> I've, I've said too many funny stories on my point so i can't really add more so but hey <laughs> Diana, thank you so much. I appreciate thank the time you. that you had here. I think, you know, everybody, as you know, uh, you'll have all Diana's information if that's okay with you, Diana. If people want to reach out, Absolutely connect fine. with you. We'll have your LinkedIn on there. We'll have the Clean App website. We'll have a little bit of information just about the app itself uh, and how, for, how people can connect with you on social media. Because, uh, again, I think your story is something that should be shared, listened to, watched, heard. This is only the beginning for you. 
So I'm, I'm super, I'm super excited to be connected with you. Thank you so much. Like you have been such an inspiration. Anytime I talk to anybody around me, I'm just like, yo, so there's this dude called Ricky. Okay. <laughs> he's doing it. Like he's making it happen. Um, and so I just want to say like, you've broken barriers for people of color in an amazing, tremendous way. And please don't stop because like you, like you blow people out of the water and oh, um, thank you. Like just continue doing this, continue doing the podcast, continue pushing for route, continue with everything that you're doing. Um, even with the, the, the hub that you just opened, man, like that's what cleaners need right now. Yeah. Um, no. And there are a lot of innovative cleaners out there. They just don't know how to like connect and, and just get the, their steps going and you're doing that for them. So thank you for that. Keep doing that, please. We do need that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Like I, you know, like I told you before, let me know whatever you need, you know, to be just there for you to help with clean app. Cause I, I feel like at some point, I mean, I've told you this too. Once we're, once we're ready, I think there's going to be an integration there for us to be able to bring clean into route for the residential because again we're we're going to be a marketplace but the marketplace i'm looking at is for commercial you know mm -hmm. so you doing residential that's a big piece you know I, i'm going to fall yeah. short i am we're going to fall short for the residential cleaners that are using route to you know to buy supplies or to to build clients to mm -hmm. to use it for their business but i i'm not going to be able to help them for residential leads because we're just not I don't know that part, you know, so for yeah. you to know that there's something there. Um, we're not, we're in, we're not anywhere near ready yet, but you know, we'll be launching in November. Whenever, whenever you guys are ready. So I was going to tell you, you should 100% be going to Vegas. The ISSA BSCAI shows in Vegas, That's November 15th. Yeah. Be, you should be there. I mean, we'll have a booth. You can come over there, hang out there. Okay. There's a lot of residential cleaners that okay. will be going to that show. I'm talking like hundreds of residential cleaners that go to this show. It's the biggest cleaning show in, I mean, in North America. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm All right. So again, everybody do me a favor, subscribe to the channel. If you have not yet tune in, as you know, this isn't going to stop anytime soon. We're here to continue to empower the cleaning industry, share the stories like Diana's, uh, and really just, shed a light on what's happening today, what's happened yesterday, and what's going to happen tomorrow. So Absolutely. again, till next time, guys, thank you so much. Uh, and here's another episode of Cleaning the Cocktails, hot off the press.